Your hosts, Jeannie Walters and Adam Toporek, are two of the most recognized and respected names in customer experience, and they have dedicated themselves to helping you improve your customer experiences. And now it's time for Adam and Jeannie. You know, Jeannie, as much as you've tried to remove the humanity from this show, <laughs> how's that for a start? Did you like that for an opening line? <laughs> What, uh, what what did I do to you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we, we talk so much about the human journey and emotion and all those things. But one of the things that's really important today is digital transformation. And, uh, you know, a part of that is self-service. And, mm-hmm. you know, the statistics, the trend on self-service are, are very – they, they were powerful before COVID. Right. Right. And now we're just seeing it at another level. And our guest today has a ton of insights on this very topic, on this idea of uh, why do you do self-service? How do you do self-service? And uh, how do you incorporate that into the customer experience uh, to make it more frictionless? Yeah, I think it's a it's a really important topic, especially in today's world. And thinking through what are the various things both on the business side and the customer side for self-service is super important right now. So it's a great conversation. So, 100%. Yeah, let's dig in. That's a good one. Let's dig in. Let's just get to it because that's how excited we are. So Eric Prue is the co-founder and chief product officer at Pact Safe, a contract acceptance platform. In his role, he oversees product, customer success, solutions engineering, and partnerships. Prior to Pact Safe, Eric spent seven years at Exact Target and Salesforce. Hey, Eric, we're so happy to have you here on Crack the Customer Code. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Really excited to, to talk more. Yeah, welcome, Eric. And, you know, there's so much talk right now about automation and, you know, the robots taking over. <laughs> so I want to hear from you. Why is building a self-service customer experience so key for businesses today? Yeah, there's there's so many reasons why uh, driving a self-service experience within a business is, is important, especially right now. You've got such a heavy focus on a few things uh, that are really important. One is operational efficiency. Um, you got people that are having to work in a more productive fashion than ever before, generally with less resources. You've got the the customer who is expecting to be able to access resources, to transact, to do commerce online in a way that they don't have to meet with somebody in person. And a lot of businesses are having to figure out how to transition to that remote friendly or online first environment. And then you also have the desire to scale, uh, to do more transactions and kind of sell while, while you sleep, if you will. Um, so that you can increase the bottom line without having to expend a bunch of human resources to, to drive the bottom line. Uh, so a lot of big reasons why, and those are, those are just three, three kind of top priorities. Yeah. And I think everybody can relate to that idea that we're all kind of working with fewer resources right now, right? Especially right now, it feels like. And so, you know, when we're asking customers to, kind of jump in and have that self-service option, what are some of the ways that we can kind of sell the benefits to them? Because in some ways, we're asking customers to serve themselves and we're asking them to do some of the work. Um, So what are some of the ways that we can communicate 
the benefits to customers in self-service? Yeah, that that's a great question. I think there are a few ways that that you can sell the benefits, a few benefits specifically that I would call out. Um, so one is the the customer generally as long as the right amount of information, there's clear pricing or indication of how to find find what they need. Um, they're going to get exactly what they need and they're not going to be oversold uh, in, in a lot of cases where if you're able to, to kind of go online, configure things yourself, get questions answered that you need, um, you're, you're not being sold to per se um, in, in the traditional sense. Um, a couple other things that, that I would think uh, would, would play well to the, to the end user, to the end customer that, that's trying to go online is the speed at which things can happen, the flexibility by which um, customers, consumers can engage with brands. They can do it on their time um, whenever they want, uh, which I think is, is super important, especially as people are uh, having to deal with all the crazy situations at home that we're all having to navigate um, nowadays. So uh, those, those are some some key benefits that I'd highlight. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think there are segments of customers who really like the idea of self-service, right? Like when we can solve our own problems, that's very empowering too. So how, how do you recommend enabling a self-service experience? Like what are the key things that leaders should know about it before they kind of jump into this? Yeah, so um, some of the key factors um, that that really are are able to to make self service successful, I think, you know, when moving specifically to transacting online in a self service capacity, so enabling customers to to buy goods and services, there's really a, a few things that come into play. You know, obviously, you have to have a fairly straightforward go-to-market strategy. So you have to think about what, if everything can't go fully self-service online, which obviously in, in a lot of cases, when you have salespeople, you have uh, a large number of products or maybe a complex set of products that that aren't easy to, to break down in a simple way. Um, you can carve out areas of your go-to-market strategy that allow you to um, become more operationally f- efficient and enable a customer to go online and and keep things relatively simple. And you know, pricing comes into that from uh, making it easy to understand what I'm getting and how I'm uh, how I'm going to get it. As far as the 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 num- number and types of products that um, I'm trying to buy, it really does have to be well organized and easy to navigate. So user experience is incredibly important, whether you're selling something to a large company or an individual consumer, uh, the end user experience could not be could not be more important. Um, it's got to look good. It's got to be easy to understand and navigate. And it's really got to be a frictionless process um, so that you don't have a lot of breakdowns along the way of people uh, getting impatient or getting frustrated uh, in order to to get to the end result of what they're looking for, whether it's buying something, finding the answer to a question, uh, whatever it is. And so those are some of the key things to think about. Obviously, a lot of that is easier said than done. You know, you can't just go and revamp your entire go-to-market strategy. Um, but what we've seen a lot of people doing, uh, especially uh, in, in our world, as far as what PackSafe does, um, 
you see a lot of compliance issues that pop up as self-service workflows are, are starting to be introduced. Uh, you know, you talk about um, contracts, approvals, negotiation, et cetera. Um, a lot of that work can also be done up front um, if, if you are trying to move online and should be a part of the evaluation process to ensure you are remaining compliant, you are kind of following and checking all the legal boxes as you implement these various self-service flows so that ultimately you can create the, the customer experience that you want that is frictionless, that is easy to navigate, and that enables your customer to, to get what they want as quickly as possible. Nothing excites experienced designers more than the word compliance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Truth. Oh my gosh, don't I know it. And isn't it the worst when you go all the way through this design and build process of this amazing experience and it, it gets across a, a lawyer's desk at the at the last minute and you have to go back and change things. Uh, you know, you've user tested stuff, yeah. you've built these designs and then it doesn't meet your compliance needs. It's it's always something you need to keep at the forefront of your mind, even as a, as a product person or user experience person, uh, designer kind of building these workflows out. Yeah, yeah you can absolutely. just like hear that, that Charlie Brown sound, womp womp, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Uh, so, we love you compliance people <laughs> yes. absolutely yes keeping us honest you know yes uh so here's a question so we're talking about the i think you know when we talk about self-service a lot of the operational benefits are obvious now as you pointed out achieving them is not obvious all the time and it's, it can be very challenging you know making it frictionless making it uh, the optimal the optimized experience that the customer wants but you know, when you think about the best practices for self-service, one of the things I'd like you to maybe touch on is how are we balancing this with this idea of creating an emotional connection, which not losing uh, the relational aspects of experience? Because that's something I, that I work on a lot in my work and Jeannie does as well. And, you know, there's, it seems like there's always a tension and a balance. So what, is, what are your views on that? That's a great question. I think... Um... A lot of it, you know, you you think about how do we how do we create that personal touch? And I think in the experience in a in a self-service capacity, it really is about selectively looking at first of all, selectively capturing the right data that helps you gain insight into the key touch points of that experience. And you, you, you know, that's not easy. That's that's super hard. It's hard to analyze and look at data based on how customers are using something, and and quickly gain insights into um, what are going to be the relevant times, places, channels by which to engage this person after the fact or as they're going through. Um, so I I think that's a really important step. I think you know as a as a product person myself, I think about. What are the what are the kind of five to seven key metrics that that are really important uh, as it relates to customer experience? So we want this to be uh, a well-rated experience, meaning it, it was easy to navigate and it was frictionless and great for the customer, uh, and and they're going to engage or buy from us again in the future. Um, and then also, what are kind of the relevant touch points based on? Um, what we've learned in implementing this self-service process that will help us add value after the fact. And I, th I think, you know, so I, I, my previous role before uh, being at PackSafe was in marketing automation. You know, it's, 
it's how can we use that that selective data that we've gathered throughout the the self service buying process, and um, how can we factor that in into providing great experience after the fact? Because I think loyalty and retention is is more important than ever right now, and I think it's a huge part in how you can leverage automation and and how how you can how you can leverage automation and data to ensure that that all those kind of thoughtful touch points are in place uh, and, and even integrating different channels in that process. I mean, you know, a lot of people are just sending emails or whatever, but there's certainly a lot you can do. I really like what you said there about the data, because I think a lot of times people think that being data driven is is kind of somebody else's job, <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> right, right. and I think that it's really important, especially for customer experience leaders, because we get accused all the time of uh, not having the right kind of return on the investment. And what I am seeing and what I'm talking to many clients about, and I know Adam is too, is that we have to connect the right customer experience metrics with the business outcome metrics that people care about, right? Like mm -hmm. if your organization is investing in the idea of loyalty, like you want to make sure, you mentioned, you know, you want to make sure that people, that customers engage with you again, that's a goal. And yeah. so how can you kind of uh, reverse engineer, okay, what are those metrics that we need? And I thought you, you, you mentioned that really well. So I wanted to highlight that because I think it's a really important point. And I think it's something that a lot of experienced professionals are a little bit stumped on, um, especially when it comes to these interactions that we have for where we're not face-to-face -face with the customer. They're kind of off mm -hmm. somewhere. They're interacting digitally or, or through all these self-service platforms that we have. And we don't get to really assess okay, do they like us? <laughs> Can we tell? You know, it's different than right. when they come into a bank and talk to a teller and you have that relationship. So is there any kind of recommendation you would have to the people who are struggling with that idea of connecting the dots between those, those metrics that show up in the user experience or in the digital experience and the outcomes that you want as a business? Yeah, I think um well one one of the struggles even even I face in in my role and and I'm sure there being data driven is is a challenge for two reasons I think you know one is aligning all these business metrics and two is there's in in most cases when you move to a self-service type experience all the all, all the analysis you're doing isn't based on anecdotal feedback from relationship-based transactions, right? You have so much data at your fingertips to really dive into and understand. And that's why it's really important to, I think, cut through to very specific goals. And that's where the business metrics part of it comes in. I think um, thinking about how do we align organizationally on a, on a top number few number of priorities and and how do we create metrics that we can look at both leading and lagging indicators that establish how we're aligning to those metrics and then i think you know as as all these various experiences kind of evolve 
you know, you do have a, a, a ton of different ways that you can integrate both personal touches, e- even if it is a digital digital personal touch, if that makes sense. So a text or an email from an actual person, integrating that with more automated touch points. That's something we're, we're looking at right now where you have these personal touch points that add value and, and build rapport and build loyalty and relationships along the way. If you're able to, to add value in an automated way in between, um, it just becomes that much more of a kind of surprise and delight scenario when you do get that personal contact from somebody that's that's sitting at a desk, you know, doing a personal outreach. Um, so it's it's a good hybrid of the two. But I think ultimately, as you build these these types of experiences, you have like you have these analytics platforms that you can plug into online experiences that will track anything and everything you want. Um, and it's it's too much, and most people are paralyzed to really kind of understand what's working well and what to improve. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a delicate balance to try to find uh, find those mo- find those moments in a journey that um, you know where you're almost trying to streamline away from those moments, right? So uh, you're, it looks right. like you're always trying <laughs> you're always trying to find that balance. Well, this mm-hmm. has been super informative. So thank you so much, Eric. We appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, tell our audience, please, where they can find you if they want to learn more, connect with you, all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can just, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, or Twitter, uh, which my handle is just epru. And obviously, uh, if you want to learn more about PackSafe, you can head over to packsafe.com. We'd love to show you more. Excellent. Thank you so much. This was a really great conversation and we're so glad that you were here. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. That was a great chat, Adam and Janine. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Thank you. Well, you know who's out of compliance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it's me. It's always you. It's always me. <laughs> if you start the program saying that I, I'm lacking humanity, <laughs> you have to expect something. I didn't say you lacked it. I just said you tried to remove every last vestige of it from this <laughs> podcast. But oh, that's all. <laughs> that's all. That's it. You're out of compliance. You're out of compliance. This whole podcast is out of compliance. That's right. That's right. If you, don't uh, know what, if you don't know what I'm referring to, you're too young. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it, you know, it's an important point. And I think that that discussion is something that experienced people have to have more often is how can we make sure that we include those leaders and those uh, important ideas into experience design before it gets too far down the line. So I thought that was a great thing to really underline uh, because it, we don't think about it as something to get excited about, but it's super important to both the business and the customer. So yeah, there's I mean, I've always felt that way, and I found this in my own small businesses. You know, there's always there's a balancing act between sometimes it's too early, but there's definitely a point at which it's too late to bring in HR, bring in the lawyers, bring in mm-hmm. compliance, right? Bring in the people that are going to throw cold water on some of your ideas, and 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 rightfully so in many cases, right? right. There, there's a balancing act to knowing. Uh, when to not stifle sort of the innovation part, but mm-hmm. uh, when to get that feedback before you've invested too much and your team's right. invested too much in going down certain roads or uh, adding certain features, whatever it may be, that aren't going to work. Yeah, it's it's really important. So striking that balance is something that is not always something we want to do, but it's really important that we do it. So remember that moving forward. So we appreciate you because you know what? Our audience is, of course, in compliance. Don't you agree, Adam? (laughs) Yes, always. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can learn more about me and our journey mapping programs, customer experience, training, and speaking at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DePork, and you can learn more about our customer service training of both virtual and in-person, our keynote speaking, and of course, our strategic advisory at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.